Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Sharon Hennepin, and I'm a 22-year breast cancer survivor. And I'm Becky Olson. I'm a three-time 20-year breast cancer survivor, and we're both the co-founders of Breast Friends. We have a great program lined up for you today, but I have to tell you first, I am in our studio in Palm Desert, California, and I have a guest in our, in our studio with me today. Her name is Karen Hesseltine, and she's got some tremendous background in volunteering. So I actually invited Karen to join us so she can chime in with her expertise from time to time. But before we do that, I want to introduce our guest, who is Cindy Fletcher. She's the Director of Programs for Susan G. Komen, Oregon and Southwest Washington, Cindy has volunteered her entire life and is a shining example of what it means to give back. Please welcome Cindy Fletcher. Hey, Cindy. Hi. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, so we're excited. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. And we also want to say hello to Karen. Say hi, Karen. <laughs> hi, Becky. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited absolutely. to be here. We're excited to have you guys, too. Um, you know, it's interesting because volunteerism is, um, it, it's kind of like you either do it or you don't do it. And what I think what uh, I would love to have happen today is just talk about all the different kinds of volunteering that people can do and how it really does make our lives better, doesn't it? It, Boy, it sure does. So, so why don't we start out with Cindy and just tell us about your experience, Cindy. So I have been volunteering pretty much my whole life. Uh, I started off, the, I think probably the first real volunteer activity that I had was as a big sister, as part of a big sister, little sister program when I was in college. And after college, I became a Peace Corps volunteer. So I lived in Russia for three years and taught English as a second language. And then oh, when boy. I came back to the United States, I was just looking for a way to continue my involvement with the community. And so I'm definitely one of those people that thinks, hey, you should be involved and you should give back. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't realize you had been a big, big brother, big sister. I was, I did that too at 24. I loved it. I loved it. I had an eight-year-old little sister and it meant that I get to, I got to go trick-or-treating. We went for ice cream all the time. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's a great program. And you know what I found out about program. that too? is you can actually do it as an older adult because mm -hmm. I, I ran into them um, in the uh, in a trade show um, and realized I could do it as a grandma, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a friend who has a – or I, she's, they're technically out of the program, but she had a little sister that they, st they were matched when uh, her little sister was 10 years old. And so they were officially in the program, I think, until her little sister was either in high school or graduated from high school. And they are now still connected. They still do things together just on a less regular basis because her little sister is now in college and, you know, has other things going on. But it's a fantastic program. And the 
program, at least in Portland, is super supportive. You know, they would get tickets to go see different events. And so they were given built-in activities to kind of help them bring get closer together. That's great. That's really wonderful. So um, we often talk about how giving back can help cancer patients heal. Um, because you're connected now with Coleman, why don't you give me an idea of how why you believe that and, and how that works. So I've talked with, so I have been both a volunteer and a staff person for Komen. I started volunteering with Komen in 2006. Uh, my mom and my aunt are both breast cancer survivors. And so it was something that, you know, it's always something that's near and dear to my heart and something that I really wanted to get involved with. And I was an event planner at the time and I did not, I wanted to do anything but events. And so I, so I said, I, I, you know, I love the race. I go to the race, but I don't want to be involved in the race. (laughs) And so the ladies at Komen said, how about grants? And I said, that sounds really interesting. That sounds something that will get me outside of my events world and teach me something new. And it has been great. So I've been volunteering with Komen since 2006 and I joined staff, uh, last October, Mm -hmm. um, and in that time, I've had a lot of opportunity to speak with and work with survivors. And a lot of the, vo- the survivors who volunteer with Komen specifically do it because they were supported during their treatment and they want to give back or they understand, you know, they had something happen with them and they want to be on the advocacy side to make sure that whatever their issue was is not an issue with other people in the future because Komen also is big in advocacy. And so we get a little bit of everything with Komen. Um, I also have friends who have undergone, gone through breast cancer and they've said, you know, I'm not quite ready to give back in the breast cancer arena because it's just still too close to me and and too close to my experience. Um, but I do want to give back to the community at large. And so they go volunteer perhaps at the theater, or maybe they go to a one-day event and help with registration and check-in. Or maybe they um, cook a meal for Ronald McDonald House and do something that is not in the arena of breast cancer, which is absolutely fine. I always, you know, when my friends come to me and say, because I volunteer a lot, and my friends often come to me and say, okay, so I want to get involved in the community. How do I do that? And I said, well, what's your, my first question is, what's your bliss? What are you looking to do? And find that avenue. Yes. And that's we- really important because one of the things that we've kind of struggled with from time to time, especially early on when we first started, is, you know, we would bring in volunteers and bless their hearts. They would say things like, oh, I'll do whatever you need, whatever, whatever you need. And the challenge mm-hmm. is if you give them something that is maybe a little bit below their skill set, you know, they can get bored. So, you know, finding out what they need and what they can do, that's pretty important. Is that something you guys do at Komen? It is. We actually, you know, Linda Aronson is our volunteer manager. She's really good about, uh, in, for lack of a better term, interviewing people who want to come in and volunteer and find out what, they, what their interests are and then connecting them to the correct opportunities. You know, we're yeah. really fortunate. We have a couple of women who come in about once a week, and they do whatever we need. They answer our phones. They stuff, they stuff letters. They do all kinds of what you would potentially call grunt work. But they're so, it's so important to our We have to get that done, that too, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, it all it, it all has to get done, and it, it takes it a village. There's no done. question. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so I, you know, I'm one of those that I will say, you know, I'll do whatever you need me to do, and if that means that I'm doing, you know, the lack, for lack of a better term, grunt work, I'm stuffing envelopes, I'm answering the phone. That's fine. But you're right; not everybody is yeah. like that, and I think that that's an important conversation that has to have has to be had at the beginning of volunteering. Karen, so you had a thought on this. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, Cindy just reminded me as she was talking about someone who had come to me looking for a volunteer opportunity. And um, I was able to set her and her sister up to do volunteer shopping because we needed oh, shopping done for <laughs> Christmas gifts oh, for children. Perfect. I love that. Toys and um and clothes and that sort of thing. And when I talked to her about it afterwards, I'm like, so how did it go? And she said, I just can't think of a volunteer opportunity more perfect for my skill set. <laughs> it's amazing what we can put to work. She was thrilled at the opportunity to use her shopping skills. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah that's great. I mean, you just I, never I know. I and- those volunteer shopping things, and they are fun. <laughs> They are fun. Especially when you're you're not spending your own money and you get to buy all sorts of wonderful things. I know. That's even more fun when you don't have to pull out your own credit card. That's great. Absolutely. Well, and Cindy, you you talked about bliss. And we call it our twinkle at Breast Friends. But it's the same thing. It's whatever, you know, when you match up your passion and your skill sets together, that's what your bliss is. That's what your twinkle is. And so mm-hmm. what is more perfect than that? Because again, it makes you happy and it kind of gets you away from your own problems. That's what I have really found is encouraging people to volunteer uh, really gets them out of their own heads. And sometimes mm-hmm. after you've gone through a cancer diagnosis, we're in our own heads way too much. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and there's always somebody, I think, you know, that needs our help more than than we do sometimes. And uh, and that is the beautiful part of volunteering because when you are going through a diagnosis, and even if you're in the middle of it, you know, you you have to make sure you're not too sick to go out or be around sick people. But, you know, when you are kind of sitting there on your couch and you're going through your treatment, it's so easy to just kind of pull the covers up and not want to leave. But if you're involved in something where you're giving back or you're, you know, doing something that's kind of outside of your own realm, it really puts a different perspective on things. And I think it really does aid in in the healing. We've had a lot of volunteers from Breast Friends who, you know, started out as patients that we served. And when they realized that there were opportunities with us too, they jumped on board and they just kind of, you get through it in a different way, you know, when you're, when you're partnering with with some other people that with the yeah. common, you know, with a common bond. So, so that's really great. So, so I yeah, know I Cindy. Would, I would agree. Yeah, and Cindy, you also mentioned, you know, when um, sometimes they're too close to their cancer diagnosis. I know I've had people who says, "I don't never want to see another pink ribbon," you know. <laughs> yes. right. But but that doesn't mean they shouldn't volunteer. Like you said, they have other things that they can do. If dogs are important to them, then get involved in some sort of shelter or humane society or. You know, the, those kinds of things. If kids are important, like you said, Big Brother, Big Sisters is a great opportunity. But there's so many things that you can do to volunteer, and you feel so good afterward. Yeah, it really is true. I mean, there's, I mean ev- there are organizations that work in every facet of our lives, and so you can always find something. And there are also organizations out there that work specifically with 
matching volunteers to opportunities. You know, in the Portland metro area, we've got Hands-On Greater Portland, and they are great. They're a great resource for volunteer opportunities. But so I love the idea of getting out and volunteering when you're going through something for, you know, what you guys were saying. It gets you out of your house, gets you out of your shell, gets you out from underneath the blanket. It also gives you another support network that is removed from your cancer diagnosis. It gives you a little bit of an escape, and it allows you to be present in a different way. Mm -hmm. We actually have a caller on the line. I'm going to interrupt us for just a moment and bring Lisa on. Um, So, Lisa, can you hear us? I can. Hi. Wonderful. Hi, Lisa. Did you have a question for, for Cindy or for Karen or Story? Go for it. Yeah. I just wanted to echo all of the points that you're making and share my experience. When I was going through treatment for breast cancer, I happened at the time to be a volunteer at um, my son's elementary school, and I was um, leading a weekly running club for the students, which I loved doing and was so fun. And when I went through treatment, I thought maybe I would have to discontinue that, but I found it to be even more rewarding and necessary for me um, in the middle of treatment because it did get me out the door. Um, and it just, like like you were saying, Sharon, it kind of gave me a break from thinking about myself, um, mm-hmm. and, which I, yeah, it just, you know, is hard, hard to do as a breast cancer patient to just let go of what you're going <laughs> yeah. through at the moment. Yeah. Yes, I'm definitely. A little bit. Yeah, I worried a little bit about, you know, um, what the children would think and if they would ask questions and, and you know, based on my appearance and lack of hair. And um, I, in, the, in that entire year, I only had one little girl ask me um, uh, why I was always wearing hats. And I just told her I'd gotten a really bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she, yeah, it, it was... It was just really, really fun for me, and I could tap into my strengths and my interests, you know, my twinkle, as you said. And I think the, the a quote that I found that really sums it up for me is, those who bring sunshine to the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. Aww, I oh, like I love that. that. Oh, my God. Lisa, you're going you're gonna to start a running group in, in Portland, aren't you? Yeah, I would love to do that. Yes, I'm. I I really believe in um, movement as a as a kind of a therapeutic tool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's great because we talked about bringing a, a running group to to breast friends, and I believe you know when I first said we have Lisa on the phone, I didn't realize it was our Lisa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so, so yeah, we're to have you, honey. Yeah, yeah. And definitely are looking forward to getting that running group going. So that'll be great. Or walk, uh, yeah. group, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Walk, any, run, any and yeah. all. I'm, exactly. I'm really excited to do that. Yeah, oh, good. Well, well, thank too. you so much for calling, honey. Appreciate it. Oh, you bet. Thanks for the show. Right. I always love Thanks. listening. Oh, Thanks, good. Lisa. We have about three minutes until our first break coming up, and so I would really love to have Cindy talk about um, how many hours do you have to give? I mean, if you're going to really volunteer. What, what does that mean to people hour-wise? Because, you know, everybody's so busy and people don't have time to volunteer. But what does it really take? Cindy, so can you address that, that? Yeah, I think that it really matters on what you're willing to give. Uh, if you, I do a few different things. You know, I'm on 
a national board and I've got a meeting once every three months and it's a couple of that, you know, we've got a, a conference call once every three months and that's a three hour meeting. And then we've got, we fly to a different city for a couple of days. I volunteer for the theater and that's usually a four hour gig a couple of times a month. And it really involves me going an hour before the show, helping out and then sitting and watching the show. So it's really only There's an hour. Of my time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I um, want to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I think that you can do just about anything. If you've got an hour to give, you know, if you wanted to work in your schools, in your kid, child's school for an hour, I bet that the teacher would love to have you there for an hour. If you had an hour after work to uh, stuff envelopes for an organization, I bet they would love that. And so I think that you can really make it whatever you want it to be. It, I, I, you know, people always say like, but if I volunteer for this organization, I need to be there consistently for a long period of time. And it's a huge commitment. And I think that if you work with the organization and say, hey, this is what I'm comfortable with right now, I think that they can find an opportunity that will work for you. Mm -hmm. And and that has been my experience, both as a volunteer and as a volunteer manager. You know, I've been in both roles. And I think that conversation is always the most important thing. And and Karen, I don't know if you've had other experiences. Well, a couple things that come to mind in this context. One is that one of the standing volunteer commitments that I have is one day a week for two hours. And it's actually in the evening. It's from six to eight at night. uh, And it is, uh, you know, it's fairly limited in terms of that commitment, but it's something that I can continue to do on a weekly basis. Um, There's also a program, an after-school program that's near us, and I have not participated in this, but one of the things that they have available is that they've got students in there for an academic after-school program. They're elementary school students, and one of the things that they need... So they need volunteers to just... It's read out loud, and you know how to read, and you can help an elementary-age student through some difficult words from time to time, that's a, an amazing opportunity to to really make an impact in your community by helping these kids get their education. And it's not a huge commitment. It's not strenuous. It's something that you can do, most of us would be able to do fairly easily. That's great. Well, we are actually going to head out to break. And so what we'd like to do is invite our callers to think about, you know, how you've been volunteering or if you have a question about volunteering, anything that that can really add to this conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 1-866-472-5792. And we will be back in just a couple of minutes. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back to the program. We're here talking about how volunteerism can actually he- help you heal. Um, we have a guest with us, Cindy Fletcher, and I believe we have a caller, Kate from California. Kate, are Hi, you with us? How are you? Huh? Hi. Hi. Good morning. Thank Hi, you for Kate. calling. So Thank let me. You. Are, did you have a comment for one of our guests, or did you want to just tell us your story about volunteering? Uh, thank you so much for asking. Um, actually, I'm calling on the topic of health and volunteerism, and I just wanted to make a quick call to share my story and hope that it might help some others. Um, this last year has probably been the most stressful one in my life. Hmm. For me, it has been around family issues, much of which I've had no control of, but I've had to consciously choose how to best deal with it. And one of the ways that is giving myself permission to create healthy meal choices and also to carve out time to volunteer with two charities, one of which I'm actually right now setting up table decorations and silent auction items for a luncheon that's going to be held. <laughs> wow, and she took time out. There's going to be over 250 <laughs> attendees. Wow. And my health has been able to withstand the stress, I believe, because of the feeling that I'm making a difference in these young adults' lives. Um, this charity awesome. today is actually a women's club effort to raise money for college scholarships for our local public high school graduates. Nice. And I know these students would not be able to attend without our help. So our scholarships are given all four years, and many of these students are first-generation college attendees. So for myself, as chairman of the uh, scholarship committee, I actually assist them with how to buy textbooks, review housing contracts, understand what it means to drop or add a class. And in addition to that, in in talking about wellness and knowing that my volunteerism kind of boosts my immune system, this last winter, many of my colleagues at work were getting the stomach flu, and they've been out of work for like one to two weeks. And for myself, I've not been sick for more than five years, and this year I did succumb to the same bug, but only for three days. And I believe and attribute this to the choices I've made in raising my body's vibration and protecting me from the low vibration issues such as illness and disease. So I'm hoping that maybe just my story, knowing that you can make a difference in your community, and we all can find ways to do that, whatever your passion is, and giving yourself permission to actually follow through and take the time and make the time your body responds to that, and it raises the vibrations, and you're able to fight off illness. It's wonderful. 
I'm a perfect example. I know people who've had these kinds of stresses, and they did not live. They did not. They were very, they got sicker and sicker and sicker. And yeah. yet, I, I look at myself, and I've made it. I've made it through that tunnel, and I'm very proud of the decisions I've made, and I'm thankful and full of gratitude for how my community has supported me through this time. So, well, thank you so much, yeah. Kate. Kate. Thank you for, for taking, calling. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. It sounds like this was a very busy hour for you. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> oh here you God. are listening and you, and you called in. So we really, really appreciate it. And that it, you are a good example. I mean, here she's a very busy person, a lot of stress in her life. She's volunteering and all of those things are helping. So thank you, Kate, for calling in. We'll let you get back to your table decorations and have a wonderful <laughs> event. Thank you. Well, ladies, thank you so much for doing what you do because you're helping, you know, people like me and, and others uh, recognize that, um, you know, there's a lot to live for and be thankful for that. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you Kate. All right, kiddo. Have a good day. Uh-huh. So it looks Bye-bye. like we actually have another caller, Linda from Oregon. Linda, are you Hello. with us? Hi, Hi Linda. How are you doing? I'm well, we're good. You, ladies, you're always so magnificent. Thank you so much for <laughs> doing what you do. Well, Thanks. thank you for calling in, too. Did, so, did you yeah. want to share about volunteering? I just, to, I, I just wanted to jump in a little bit about the volunteering, because when I started to volunteer for Breast Friends, um, I actually kind of got the bug when I attended one of Sharon's Thriving Beyond workshops. And I could see the difference that it was making in these women's lives because, as we all know, when you go through a serious illness or a traumatic experience, um, it, it changes you and it can leave you in a pretty empty place. And so I went to one of these Thriving Beyond, and when I could just see these women trans, transforming because, you know, Sharon was giving their life back. She was giving their life meaning. I mm-hmm. thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool to be able to feel what it feels like to be able to help women the way Breast Friends was helping me? That, that had to have been just a fantastic feeling. And as it turns out, it was just as rewarding as I ever anticipated that it would be. Mm-hmm. So I kind of jumped in and like the other women had said, you know, whatever you need, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. Well, then you talk about your... Well, Linda, that's when... And I discovered yeah. that I am technologically challenged. I was sitting behind the desk <laughs> with a computer was not my twinkle. And as much as you needed women, you know, volunteers to answer the phone, it it just it it just wasn't my thing. So I had to find what my twinkle was. And exactly. as it stands right right now, as we speak, I'm working on the gala stuff. <laughs> The decoration. She's our up on May seventh, but um, <laughs> I find myself being a little bit on the crafty side, and uh, you guys seem to appreciate what I did, and that's always the feeling. A little bit, Linda. A little that, bit on the crafty <laughs> side. I don't think that you want to get that you're doing something for other people, and then mm-hmm. that reward, um, not monetary, not thank yous. It's just the feeling you get in your heart that you're doing something that other people can enjoy and appreciate. Absolutely. Well, we we so appreciate you putting your time and talents um, into what we are trying to accomplish. So thank you very much, Linda, for calling. It is just my pleasure and love you guys more than you'll ever know. Uh, (laughs) and linda's actually taking care of my dog for me while i'm down here in california (laughs) and she sent me a video this morning Uh, you know thank you linda (laughs) she's the ultimate volunteer (laughs) 
party. Bye-bye. So let's get back to Cindy Fletcher. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about, like, new skills. Because, again, people sometimes they are afraid they might not have the right skills um, to to offer their time and and talent. So um, can you speak of that, Cindy? Absolutely. So I have actually done a few things that have taken me a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Uh, One is going to volunteer with Coleman and being on the grants committee. I had never read a grant, and at that time the grants committee was reading, reviewing grants, and then also choosing choosing grants and then monitoring the grants program. And that was something that was very foreign to me. Uh, very soon after I joined the grants, the grants committee, we redesigned the grants program, and that program design was very foreign to me. And so I feel like I've learned a lot through my time volunteering in the grants committee, and it Really, my the time that I put into it was two or three hours a month, once a month. And so not a huge time commitment on my part, but a huge um, knowledge base gain. Um, and I think that when you're going to an organization and you want to volunteer and you want to learn new skills, I think if you go to them and say, look, so this is what I'm interested in learning, but these are my skills as far as I'm a quick learner or I am a good problem solver and not necessarily think about the the professional skills that you've gained, but think of some of those other more social skills that might help you to learn the ropes of this new volunteering opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a volunteer in the office right now who's amazing. We love her. And she... uh, wanted to learn more about what it's like to be a community health worker. And so she's in helping us do some uh, work with our Latina initiative, and we've brought her to community health worker training. And so that's something that's different from what she's been doing, but it's something that is going to help her to find employment in the community health worker world. And it's super helpful to us. Yeah, you know, so Karen, Karen had a really interesting experience with learning a new skill. You want to share that? It's pretty cool. Sure. Uh, my education and training actually is as an attorney, and um, the this volunteer opportunity presented itself with my teenage son and his teenage friend and his mom to uh, work at a construction site. Nice. Little <laughs> exactly what <laughs> you were trained for was <laughs> little outside of our skill set, but it was helping to rebuild uh, torme- tornado demolished homes. Wow! And so I That's now cool. know how to insulate a ceiling. <laughs> I know how to use a staple hammer and a nail driver and uh, and a she skill even knows saw. What to call them? That's pretty cool. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was really it was a fun experience for us. I went in completely cold, not knowing really a thing about how to do any of those things. But um, in those situations, if people need help, they are often very willing to teach. And yeah. if you are willing to learn and they are willing to teach, there's nothing that you can't accomplish. You know, and, and honestly, there's so many funny, I mean, like one year they were rebuilding the playground across the street from our house and they were looking for members you know, in the neighborhood to come and help build it, which saved the city tons of money. And, you know, I'm not skilled with things like, you know, screwdrivers and it's really heavy, but I can, I can shovel gravel. And it was pouring down rain. And so they had, they had wheelbarrows full of gravel and sand that they wanted us to kind of fill in all the muddy spots so that as they were building that they could keep working. So 
I graveled the heck out of that playground area. <laughs> so, you know, there's always something that you can do that's of some, you know, some skill set that you can either learn or add to it. So, Absolutely. yeah, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone because you'll learn something new. So, and you I might have fun. Like just, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. absolutely. And I would add that, you know, Habitat for Humanity is, is a great organization to work for if you're looking to get some of those home improvement skills. Mm. Oh, that's true. Very yeah, good point. Good idea. It good sounds idea. like there's a common thread here of basically willingness. Just mm-hmm. being willing to get out of your comfort zone, get out of your house, get out of yourself and do something for someone else. And I just, I love that. And again, I think anybody can do it. Now, I know I've heard people say, well, I only have a little bit of time. Okay, a little bit of time is better than no no time at all. Wouldn't you agree, Cindy? 100%. And I think that a little bit of time, you know, you could, there are opportunities to volunteer from the comfort of your own home also. I mean, you need to search them out a little bit. Some people just need you to make some phone calls for them. That you can do from your house. You don't have to go into an office. And so if you find, you just have to find the right opportunity, but they're out there. Absolutely. And And the only thing is just being honest about it. If you really have little time, don't go into it offering something you can't do. Go in saying, "I only have a you know a few hours a week. This is the only day." We have volunteers. We have we have one volunteer who comes in every Tuesday morning for two hours, and she's got her client. You know, she's got her patients that she follows, and she's dedicated for those two hours. If she would have said to us, "You know, I'd like to come in three days a week," and she can only and she shows up for two hours one day, that would be disappointing. But we know what she's going to do, and she's wonderful at it. And we make space for her to come in on Tuesdays, and she's there every week. So, you know, just be honest about what you can do and the time commitment you can make, and then and then do that, whatever it is. And if it ever changes, let just let them know ahead of time. So, yeah. I, you know, there there is no time that's too little. There really yeah. isn't. There's always something that can be done. So, and, that's and really li- life does happen. So, even with the best of intentions, maybe you did think you could do it three days a week, or you know, more more um, actively than it ends up. You know, it's, as as we get older, we have other responsibilities that come up. Our parents get sick, things like that, that all of a sudden come out of the blue. That it's like, oh, I I'm really kind of over my head now. And and mm-hmm. so, how do you deal with that, Cindy? When when somebody's kind of overcommitted and and life happens. I think it's all about open communication. I mean, you've talked, you, you, you know, I, I agree, you know, you have a willingness to give. You've got to have an honest conversation. You've got to be honest with yourself, and you've got to be honest with the organization that you're working with. You know, and I've been in situations both on the volunteer side and as the, on the volunteer manager side. On the volunteer side, you know, there was a time when I was working full-time. I was going to grad school in the evenings, and I was volunteering, and I was on a Dragon Boat team. I was overcommitted and I really just had to have an honest conversation with myself about First. what I could do. <laughs> yep. yep absolutely. And then I needed to go out and have conversations with the organizations I was working with and say, okay, so here's what I can commit to. Mm-hmm. And I think that that open communication is important, but I think it's got to be an honest one. Um, from the volunteer manager side of things, oftentimes, and, and you p- possibly have seen this with your with the volunteers at Breast Friends, um, oftentimes it's the volunteer manager who sees that 
the volunteers overcommitted before they're ready to realize it themselves. True. And yeah, so true. I have gone to coffee with folks. I have gone to happy hour with folks. I have called people up on the phone and just be, just had a conversation about what's going on in their life and then where that fits into their volunteer commitment and how we can better support them in what they want to be doing. And I, because yeah. I think it's important that the volunteer have that aha moment instead of the volunteer manager going in and saying, look, you committed to this and you're not doing it. I think that it's important right. that it just be an open conversation because it could be something short term. It could be, you know, oh, the last couple of weeks have been crazy, but now I'm fine. Right, but I think right. That no, it's that's really that valid. The volunteer yeah. has the aha moment. And so really communication is a two-way thing. You want the volunteer to feel free to openly communicate, just like if you were managing the, the volunteer. Um, you know, it's, it's so important that people are just able to speak freely about what's going on in their lives. And, and we've had volunteers change positions, and sometimes we have board members that have to leave because they've, something you know, happened in their lives mm-hmm. that made things different and more difficult for them. It happens, you know, and there's never hard feelings. Yeah, the hard feelings only happen if the volunteers stop showing up and they don't say why. <laughs> then you're right. like, hmm, if, if the communication <laughs> stops, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so right. that Absolutely. is the key. You know, we, well, we actually absolutely. have to go out to break one more time in, a, in about a minute. So let's before we go out to break, let's have. I'm going to a- ask you one more question on here, um, Cindy. How do you gracefully bow out if it's a just not a good match? You know, personality okay. conflicts or whatever. How do you do that? So I think it also comes to that honesty and communication. And I think that, you know, sometimes you just have to be an adult and mm-hmm. you just have to say, look, I'm sorry, I don't think that this is right for me at this point in my time and maybe it will be later. And that's a really difficult conversation to have. But I think yeah. sometimes it just has to happen because, again, it comes back to that honesty and communication. And if it's a personality conflict, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, perhaps we are not the best match. Yeah, that's very and true. It's, it's not not a fun conversation, but it's a it's a stressful topic, right? It is, yeah, yeah. It, so it's important. Well, we are going to go out to break. So I would like to encourage callers if anybody has any uh, questions, comments, anything that you'd like to share on the subject, give us a call at one eight six six four seven two five seven nine two, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ouch! What do you think of when you think of dental procedures? Well, when you think about it, the teeth and the rest of the body are strongly connected. What happens in one part affects the other. In the Tooth Body Connection with host Dr. Don Ewing, we'll explain more about these concepts as well as discuss the role that your teeth play in your overall health. You'll learn about amalgams and how removing them the wrong way can be toxic to your body. Tune in Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We have uh, been talking about volunteerism and how that's actually very helpful for um, and and actually healing for women who are going um, through a cancer diagnosis. So, Cindy, let's let's kind of figure out where we were and um, talk about maybe some added benefits of volunteering. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, I think that with volunteering some of the perks are anything from let's say you're volunteering at the beginning of an event then you get free entrance to the event you know you've got any kinds of that or you've got you know like I go I see a lot of theater for free because I volunteer at two theaters Um, and that is for me is fantastic but I think that most of the times the best added benefit that I get and this has been mentioned by a couple of our callers and a few a few times today is just the feeling of making a difference in somebody's life Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been a volunteer manager and seen many people help out at different events. Uh, when I worked for the Dental Association, we had a free dental clinic, and we would have lay volunteers come in, and they would be in awe over the way that the dental community worked together and how they, as, you know, a Joe Blow off the street could come in and uh escort a patient from point A to point B and that patient was so grateful the entire time and they just felt that love in the community and Mm -hmm. so there are the extra benefits of course of being able to get into things for free because you're helping out but there I think that some of the more important benefits to me have always been the feeling that I've left the activity with. You know, when when working with a group of girls and getting close to girls, realizing that being a a female leader in their Mm -hmm. life and in their experience has given them something that they'll be able to hold on to as they continue on their journey. And so I think that there are 
Yeah, there are different things for everybody. But I think a lot of times what I hear from volunteers and what I feel myself is that I get out of it more than I put in. And a lot of that is the feeling of fulfillment for having made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. true. You know, one of the things that we hear from or that we share with people is, you know, one of the best ways to to have a friend is to be a friend. And so by volunteering, if you don't know people in the community, you know, you're maybe new, um, whatever, or, you know, you got your, you had your diagnosis and you just suddenly everybody kind of fell away, which sometimes happens. That's a whole nother topic for another day. But sometimes volunteering will allow you an opportunity to get connected to other people and build a whole new community of friendship, which, you know, we've, we've experienced that ourselves. It's really, you know, I think that's, that's a really valid reason to get involved with something just because you get you get connected to like-minded people you know people have the same common interests i joined uh, the junior league of portland uh in the mid-2000s because i won yeah i wanted to get connected with a like-minded group of women who were interested in volunteerism and interested in uh, leadership and community involvement and the same type of things that i was interested in and the added benefit for that was also learning about all the opportunities available in the community. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I moved to Portland in 2000, and so I still hadn't really found out what all of... I mean, we have a lot of nonprofit organizations doing a lot of really wonderful things, and it was great to get some exposure to that world. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Absolutely. We actually have another caller on the line with us. This is Ginger calling from Oregon. So, hey, Ginger, how you doing? Oh, I'm just fine. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. So what's going on with you? I imagine you have something you'd like to share. I sure do. Well, I am presently, as you know, a volunteer at Breast Friends a couple days a week and (laughs) find it extremely rewarding. I'm a four-year cancer survivor, and it was very important to me when I finished my journey to reach out to, to ladies. So I've been volunteering at Breast Friends for about three years now. Yeah. And um, and we love every my, minute of it. Thank you. Yeah, oh, well, of course. And it's uh, pleasure is mine, and it's very reward- rewarding for me. Uh, but I just wanted to um, comment, too, um, all the years my kids were growing up and then with, with grandchildren, it was very important to me to be present in their schools, you know, reach out to the community. So uh, the point I'm trying to make is that kind of tag on to what you ladies were saying about um, finding time, and I and as I recall, um, actually, when my granddaughter was in elementary school, now she's nineteen. I volunteered just one hour a week at her school, and I was working, working in a job part time. But I just remember how appreciative they were, and very rewarding for me at the same time. But uh, even you know, ladies who don't feel like they have more than an hour a week, that's always appreciated by educators. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Some some um, volunteers at the school just yeah, just will read read to the kids for an hour, and that's exactly. that's yeah. plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's right. wonderful for the volunteer, but also wonderful for the children. So right. that's great. And that's the program that I that Absolutely. I was involved in. Um, oh, it was actually, okay in in the Beaverton School District. The Smart Program Start Making Wonderful Today, and um, it was. Um, I think it was grades one through one through five. But anyway, just one hour a week can make a big difference. It <laughs> absolutely can. Yeah, life. that's great. Yeah. Right. That's well, thank great. you for calling, Ginger. We so appreciate your your help um, in the office and everything you do. Oh well, it, the pleasure is mine, and <laughs> and 
it's extremely rewarding. So thank you, ladies. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for thank calling. You, Ginger. Uh-huh. So, you know, another thing that people will sometimes do is, is use um, volunteering as a resume filler. And we had a gal one time, she had been working with Intel for 12 years. She was a high-level strategic planner. And she lost her job because of some reorganization and downsizing that they did. And she had attended one of our events as a guest. And she got to thinking, I wonder if these guys need any help at a high level. And she ended up coming on board with us. She became our board president. She helped us build a new strategic plan. And it was probably a little more aggressive than we were ready for at the time. But, you know, she got us thinking outside the box. She absolutely Um, did. Mm -hmm. She's a wonderful, brilliant woman. And... And because she was able to put all of this on her resume, you know, she was able to use that um, as part of her her candidacy for a job with with the medical um, within the medical community. And so sometimes just being a volunteer, just to build your resume. We've had a we have one of our our employees in our office started out as a volunteer, and she just made herself so completely invaluable to us. She was there every day. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. I think she was putting in her 30 hours a week and every day without fail, and she learned to do everything. So we had to actually hire her because we couldn't <laughs> imagine work doing without her. Imagine. So. Yeah. It sounds like that's what you did too, Cindy. <laughs> with your- exactly. I mean, I, so I volunteered with Komen for 10 years, and then they hired me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You just make yourself so valuable. You can't, can't give them up, you know? And Karen's got, got a comment on this too. So go ahead, Karen. Well, in talking about resume filling, I would just encourage anyone who's listening that has um, students, that has particularly teenagers, high schoolers, there's a couple of different things. One is that it's it's an amazing resume builder for their ability to be able to get into college and to be able to get a job outside of high school, whether oh, or not they point. go to college. And it's an incredible family bonding experience. So if you have an opportunity where you can... Uh, work side by side with your kids, it can be a really, really amazing thing to do. So I would really encourage you to be thinking along those lines as well. Yeah, that's, that's really idea. great. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would it's agree. Fabulous. There are a lot of activities, especially in the summer, there are a lot of activities that you can volunteer with as a family. You know, the the food bank does, the, does their uh, jazz fest every year. I mean, there are so many um, programs that need a lot of volunteers and it makes it, they make it easy for a family group to come together and volunteer for a few hours. No, oh, that's great. That's great. Yep. Even the race for the cure, right? <laughs> and race for the cure. Absolutely. We've got all kinds of volunteer opportunities. Yep. Yep. And we actually have our big event coming up and, you know, we, we rely on, on volunteers to help us with that event as well. So, you know, organizations can't do this. In fact, when Sharon and I first started Breast Friends, um, Sharon, how long ago now? Was it 15, 15 and a half and years? 15 and a half years. Yeah. You know, we started doing this part time and it was strictly volunteer because we both worked full time jobs. And it really wasn't until 2005 when I left my job and then a year later when Sharon left hers that we were able to really focus on this work full time but you know even in the amount of time that we had before we quit our jobs it was you know it was really fulfilling it you know it was it was easier after we didn't have to work other jobs you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Definitely, definitely. we were able to get out of our cars and out of our trunks you know mm-hmm. and into a, a space but but it's you know volunteering is something that is is such a tremendous part of of everything that we do and you know we talk a lot about leaving a legacy and 
you know, legacy, you're going to leave a legacy one way or the other. It could be good, it could be bad, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I think sometimes people are confused about what does it mean. And leaving a legacy doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to put your name on a hospital wing, you know. No, Very know. few people can do that. But what kind of legacy can you, you, you know, what can you leave? And I think, like Karen was talking about working side by side with your children, you're leaving a legacy for your kids to, for them to understand the value of, of volunteering and kindness and all of those things. And Karen, did we already talk about your story with your, when you, was that? I don't we think were, so. She was telling me earlier. Now I can't remember if we talked about it on the air or not. Why don't you share that for just a minute? Well, just the topic of family legacy. The family legacy of, of helping others and giving back started with me when I was in elementary school. And my parents made the decision that our family was going to take in one of the many thousands of Vietnamese refugees that were evacuated into the United States in mm. the mid-1970s. And that was a um, that was a difficult decision for me as a child. I was a very um, I was a very rambunctious, outgoing, <laughs> youngest daughter in a family. And the man, grown adult man, that was brought into our house was the head of his own household, as well as having been um, the uh, you know the oldest male in his family. And we had a pretty substantial culture clash from time to time. But <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> But we really, you know, we really grew to love each other as well. And so when you're immersed in helping others at a young age, Mm -hmm. it makes all the difference in terms of the way that you shape your life. And um, our children have worked side by side with us since they were two. If they're old enough to walk and speak, they're old enough to help doing something. So... (laughs) Um, we've we've really um, you know my parents started that legacy and it's been a legacy that's been passed down to our children and I'm I'm completely confident that it's going to be passed down to their children as well. Well, that's really great. You know, we only have about a minute or so left, but um, this has been a great conversation. And Karen, thank you so much for the contributions you've made to this <laughs> and for your internet. Appreciate. It. <laughs> <laughs> And Cindy, honestly, um, the work that you do with Komen is phenomenal, and we really appreciate everything that you're doing in the community, and we're thankful that you live in Portland, because that's where we are, too. Um, So do you have any parting, final, very quick words, because we're going to have to go off the air here in about 30 seconds? You know, I I have had a great time today. Thank you. And I love working in the breast cancer community. It has been, I've met some really amazing people and I love seeing what organizations like yours are doing in the really in the grassroots to get out there and help people who are going through some really difficult times um, to make it through. You know, uh, breast cancer is a tough, a tough diagnosis and it's a really tough treatment. And then if you are... Yeah stage four metastatic and that can't that treat that uh, treatment becomes a lifetime plan it, um, does. it does it is really important to have organizations out there that are able to lend a hand and offer support so i th- also thank, thank you. you for what you're doing um, and i always you know i love the quote be the change you want to see in the world and that yeah. kind of guides what i do with my life Fabulous. Well, thank, thank you. you we actually us. have to go. We are, we're, I'm getting the red light here. So <laughs> we actually ask you to tune in next week at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Until then, remember, there's always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.